Welcome to the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast from Globe Life Liberty National, where your story meets your success for the lifestyle you've always wanted. We're so glad you're here. We've invited our top performers to share their story and journey to success. So let's check out today's conversation. Mike sits down with Globe Life Liberty National agent, Jason Adams. Jason grew up as an athlete with a competitive nature, and he one day became a basketball coach on a budget. I was making $17,000 a year. So it was kind of one of those things where I thought, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to really do this at all. Which then led to him being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Two weeks later, after he gave me that raise, they had someone from the corporate office come down and said, we're closing. To provide for his family, he channeled his inner competitive spirit to achieve numbers that he used to think weren't possible. So many people are like, you gonna write a million a month? I really didn't think it was possible until I thought, okay, that's just a couple thousand more a week. All of this coming up next on The Level Up Lifestyle. All right, welcome everyone to the Level Up Lifestyle. I am your host, Mike Sheets, and with me today is Jason Adams. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to see you. It's good to see you. Jason, for those of you, there's some there's some people that are listening to this that are familiar with who you are. They've seen your face you know, for like the last decade on everything, right? You know, on company magazines and, mm-hmm. you know, on stage as the perennial number one. You know, I guess if you're a college football fan, you are the Alabama <laughs> of Liberty National, right? Um, so to speak. But there's probably some people listening that are that, that don't know who you are. And so, um, I don't know. I was, I, I mean, maybe just to like quote Anchorman, um, you're kind of a big deal. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jason, Jason, uh, you were the first person to write over a million dollars in in net premium in a in a twelve month period in a year. Right, first person to ever do it. I mean, that's like walking on the moon. You know, no one thought it could have ever be done. You know, um, you do it. Um, Not only did you do it, you're the first one to do it. You've done it now. Coming up, this will be five years in a row that you've done this, and. just to give the listeners some some perspective on that, the average policy size that you sell is what? 400 AP? 400 bucks? Yeah. 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 $400 yeah. In, in premium. So you're selling a lot to get to a million dollars in 12 months. And now you've done that five years in a row and no signs of stopping. So um, yeah, it's great to have you here. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um you know, what, what we kind of want to do is here you are now, you know, a million dollars, five years in a row, all the success, all these great things, but it wasn't always that way, mm-hmm. right? There was a path, there was a journey that you had to go through, that you had to walk in, and, you know, maybe some things that have happened along the way that have made you into who you are. And, you know, maybe there's some people that are listening to this, you know, they're seeing who you are now. How long have you been with the company? I've been with uh, with with Liberty for about uh, seventeen years. Seventeen years, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so yeah, same as me. So seventeen six, years, yep. yeah. So you know they're they're hearing you now. Seventeen years later, they don't know who you were seventeen years ago. Right. Right. So let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about even further from there and in that whole journey. So I mean, just where are you from? You know, what was your childhood like? What 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 were some of the things you did growing up? You know, kind of let's just start there. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Springfield, Missouri, which I still live. Okay. Born and raised there, and uh, uh, my mom and dad. I had one. I have one brother. Okay. And my dad was in the ministry. 
Okay. So he was an associate pap- pastor and also uh, worked at Baptist Bible College, local college there in town, a Christian college. Okay. And uh, so people from all over the nation came there. That's how he came there. Is he he came to Baptist Bible College and, and ended up gotcha. getting his his degree and they hired where, where him to he teach. Where did he move from? Where was Well, he was right? his dad was in the Air Force. My okay. grandpa so was in the Air over. Force, so all over. So he lived um I want to say 15 different uh, states. So, gotcha. but then they were living in Albuquerque, but he hardly lived in Albuquerque, but that's where my grandma and grandpa retired. Okay. Uh, was in Albuquerque. So we always went down the, to visit them, but he moved from Albuquerque, not really living there much at all. So came to Springfield and then met my mom at, at Baptist Bible College and, uh, and then they ended up staying. So they hired him to be a teacher. He was the dean of students for, I want to say 35 years oh, wow. and, then, and then was associate pastor at our church and has been the associate pastor at our church for about 25 years. Okay. So- so you, you grow up in this environment. Did you play sports? Were you competitive? Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Obviously, you have a yeah. competitive uh, piece to yeah, you have, right now. So where is problems. this coming from your childhood or yeah, was that absolutely. coming yeah, from? Yeah, I, I grew up competitive. I grew up playing Little League baseball and basketball and played high school basketball, college basketball as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I have problems with being a little bit too competitive, <laughs> even now in pickleball. So I have problems with that. But, um, but so, yeah, so that's – grew up playing sports my whole life. So um, that's what I – that's what I – have always done is is played in sports. Um, like I said, played little league and and was always doing something with with uh, athletics. Did, did, what did you think you were going to do? Did you think maybe sports was an option? Because if you're Absolutely. really competitive, yeah. yeah. I, I my just from as far as I can remember, my um, thinking that I was going to do was be a basketball coach. Okay, so that's what I went to college for. That's why um, to be a coach to be a coach. Okay. That's what I planned on being being was a coach. In fact, when I graduated from college. Um, I actually took a coaching job down in Florida and it didn't work out. So um was down there for a couple months and we've got was to that move college back. or high school or it what? was a high school. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I thought I was gonna be. It was a was a high school basketball coach. Gotcha. Um and, and just kind of plan on doing that. So So you you're kind of going through this progression. You're in high school, right? You're thinking sports, this is the way. Yep. So yep. where'd you go to college? I went to I went to BBC as well. Okay. College. Yep. So that's where Your I'm dad at. got you in. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. Right. He he was able to get me in there. <laughs> so uh you know I I had uh, I had several uh scholarships offers um for some NAI NAI schools mm-hmm. and, and different schools around the area. But I mean it just made sense to live at home. It was very sure. expensive. I could go play basketball and and uh, get a degree and all that. So it just kind of made simple. It was very well, simple. Discount intuition, maybe. Absolutely. If, you know, your dad's, yeah. You know, yeah like, my you know, dad was dad is the dean of students, and uh, I never got in trouble. So um, that was good. a good thing. That was that's a good, good thing as well. I did get in trouble a few times, but right, right. The, the coach's son type of a yeah. thing there, right? Yeah. You know, the dean's son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, so kind of in the, here, here you're like you're going to be a be a coach. So you said that. You came out of college. When did you and Lisa meet? Did you meet in college? We met in, in uh, actually, she was a little older than me. Okay. So she was, she played volleyball and basketball okay. at BBC. And I was in high school. I was a junior in high school wow. when I first saw her at BBC. Okay. And she caught my eye. And because um, I would go up to the gym you know, just in the evening times mm-hmm. and just play at BBC. It okay. was, you know, a good place to practice. You the keys. Open gym. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. yeah, basically. But it was open a lot. And um, and that's when, you know, when I kind of noticed Lisa, we didn't really talk until yeah, I she came. she wanted anything to do with a high school kid. Well, uh-uh. I don't know. So <laughs> um, she said she did back then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was, I was probably a little bit too young at that time. Um, but uh, so yeah, I was going up there and, and playing in the, in the evening time. But then when I came to BBC my freshman year, she would have been a junior, but she okay. actually didn't come her first the 
my first semester, she took a semester off. And I remember being furious that she wasn't there. So uh, I feel like this might have been part of the other reason why you, yeah, you went to this college. Yeah, that was, college that was possibly because I knew yeah. she was there. But she actually took a semester off and ended up coming the second semester of my freshman year. Okay. And, and there shortly after we met, <clears throat> we met and uh, – and uh, started dating and okay. the rest is history. So. so when you went to Florida, did you guys go together? Did you yeah. go by yourself? Yeah, we did. Okay. We went together. So we, okay. my sophomore year, we ended up getting married. Yeah. Um, and then I worked in the gym, uh, you know, as, as a student athlete. I made $5.25 an hour. She worked a full-time job while I was going to school. So she <laughs> supported me really wow. while I was going to school my junior and senior year. So you got married your sophomore year yeah. of college. Yeah, I was okay. young. I was young. She was a little older, a couple years older than me. But um, yeah, so we got married. I think I was 20 when we got married. Wow. Yeah, you don't recommend that these days. So, uh, <laughs> but that <laughs> wasn't that long ago. But um, so yeah, that's when we got married. Um, so she supported me my, my junior and senior year. She worked a full-time job and um, so then I played and, you know, obviously traveled and all that. So, so. what was that like? Did it, did it kind of, did you grow up, I guess, a little bit more than, than a lot of people maybe in college, right? Because, yep. you know, you've got a wife, you're working, you mm -hmm. got, you know, trying yep. to focus on your future. Yeah. And so I would, you know, work in the gym and I was making five bucks an hour. I was working a lot of hours. I was picking up a lot of hours, but, you know, it was just kind of, uh, just monitoring the gym on its other weight room and, mm -hmm. you know, do, doing different things there. So I was always trying to pick up extra hours. I was always, I always felt like I had a good work ethic. And then in the off season, you know, when we didn't have, I would get a, a job in town at big lots or whatever, just making a little bit here, here and there, you know, yeah. I was married and, you know, we had, we had a, to, you know, I support, help support her, although she was supporting me right. during those couple of years. So. Right. Yeah. And then it, what happened with Florida? So after I graduated um, from BBC, and again, my whole intention was to be a basketball coach. Yeah. Um, there was several pastors that had Christian schools that we had talked to. We actually went and interviewed one down in, in uh, Pompano Beach, Florida. That just didn't really work out. Um, and then one in Melbourne, Florida called me and said, hey, we'd like you to be the, the high school basketball coach, the athletic director. Um, we've got a pretty good team. Straight out of college. Straight yeah. out of college, yeah. yeah. And I actually knew another former coach of of mine was actually down there for a few years, was coached. That it was a pretty good, pretty good opportunity. So we ended up accepting that position and, and moved down there. And so I was fresh out of college. And and uh, so Lisa and I packed up our stuff. We moved down no there. No kids yet, right? No kids, yep. No, okay. yep. So um, this was in, oh, um, 2000, 2001, somewhere okay. in there. So, um, but things just, it just didn't work out. So there was just a few things that I was promised that <clears throat> that didn't really happen. I mean, the the church had a house for us, but it was a long way away. I mean, There's just so many things yeah. I could go into, it, but it just didn't work out. The basketball coach at BBC called me and said, I really wish you were here. And I said, how bad do you wish I was there? <laughs> and he said, what do you mean? I said, things aren't working out here. Right. And uh, so he said, okay, come back up here and be the assistant at BBC. Okay. So I was the assistant basketball coach at Baptist Bible College. And I was assistant for one year. So we moved back. We actually moved back in with my parents. Okay. And um, that's when 9-11 happens. So that was in 03. Um, so that, I remember that. No. That was 9-11-01. Yeah. Okay. Daughter was in 03. So yeah. 01. So that, I remember we had moved back and hadn't been back at all. And I remember being at my house when 9-11 when happened. But Lisa went back to work full time. Um, at a at a place there in Springfield when we moved back, but we lived in, with my parents for about six months or so, so that was kind of hard. Yeah, um, just get back on your just, feet. You just kind of get back on my yeah. feet, and, and uh, so I was working. So I was the assistant basketball coach. I was the assistant athletic director. 
but I was making $17,000 a year. So it was kind of one of those things where I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to really yeah. do this at all, you know? So, um, but I knew I wanted to coach. Well, so are well, you doing it for the experience? Is that what's keeping you going here? You know, or is, are you the, are you competitive? So you just want to win, yeah, and then move up? Or what? What, what is your what's your plan? You know, what are your we, goals we really here? just kind of put in the Lord's hands, like, okay, let's let's see how this goes. Okay. And the head coach had also said, you know, I may be looking at retiring soon. Well, we he really liked me. I played for, with him for played for him for four yeah. years. Then yeah. I was assistant for one year, and he said, you know what, Jason, I'm going to retire. I want you to take it over. So after one year of being assistant at BBC, I took over the head coaching job. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was the head coach at BBC, and I ended up being the head coach for five years. But again, that was, it was so little pay. Lisa was still working full time um, in 03. So I coached from 01 to 06. Okay. I was the head basketball coach for five years there at BBC. It was tough because I was, I was pretty young. Um, there was players I was coaching that was a year younger than me, two years younger than me. So there was, right. there was some of that that was, that I had played with that were, I was friends with now I'm their coach. So it was just, uh, it, it was tough at times to do that, but I enjoyed it. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be the basketball coach at BBC. The previous coach was the B, the head coach there for 20 years. And I mm -hmm. thought, well, I can do this and, you know, and, and, and build this program and all that. But he didn't, the, the athletic director didn't leave. So he remained the athletic director. So I was making, again, I was making about 17000 That's where the money's going to come from. That, if exactly. If he gets out, deal. then I can yeah. get that and try to build the program. And um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm the head coach, but I'm assistant, uh, assistant AD, and I'm not making money, you know? It's so, it's so crazy because when you think about, you know, like college athletics, you know, in the these really big schools, you know, Kansas, you know, Bill South, yeah, and, yeah. you know, North Carolina, Michigan, you know, it, it, all these large deals that these coaches are making millions, millions yeah. right? And yeah. then, but I think there's just whole other world in college athletics and, you know, maybe those smaller schools where you're really like, you're pouring yourself. You're doing it right. for the love of the game, essentially, because you want to be the coach. Yeah, right. It's yeah. not for the money. So I made I made forty five hundred dollars coaching is what wow. I made for the year. Wow. And you you average it out, it ended up being about a dollar ninety two an hour. I figured it up one time <laughs> with all the travel and the practices yeah. and all that. And um, so I I told him I said I can't do this. I can't just you know support my wife and you know she's working full time making way more than I am, and then me just working working this. And so I stepped down as an assistant AD and just said I'm just going to coach. And I went and got a at a job with uh with actually one of my my cousin that worked at a furniture store okay. there in town. It was called O'Sullivan Furniture. So this is a financial decision. This is a financial yeah. decision. So I'm still gonna coach. Yeah. I'm gonna coach. We're gonna do practices in the evening. I can kind of set my own schedule. Um, so that's where I thought, okay, I can do this. And I was making uh, I don't know, twelve dollars an hour, but there's commission on top of that if I sold furniture. So it was particle particle board, you know, press wow. press wood stuff. Yeah. But it was discounted. It was, uh, you know, it was pretty good. And and I found out pretty quickly that I can sell stuff, you know. Is this where so, you first kind of figured that out? That this is really, this is really where I started You can selling. talk yeah. and you can do this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was able to build relationships with people real quick when they came in, make them yeah. laugh and make them feel comfortable. And, and um, do you think coaching gave you any of those skills just from I, being able to communicate with I think so. a group of people? And, yeah, absolutely. You know. I, I think it helped. It's just amazing how the Lord just had all of this, you know, planned out. So, so I, I became the, so I was just a sales guy there for a while, Yeah, but I was making pretty good money. 
I say pretty good money. I'm probably making twenty five thousand a year. It's oh, a lot more than you were making before. It, right? it was because yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but then I figured I had a truck, and I thought I could do deliveries as well. Hmm. So I'm basically we're selling furniture, and I'll say I'll deliver this for fifty bucks. And like I was an doing under that. the table thing, under right? Under the table. Yeah, under like, the table. You know yeah. what? Hey, yeah. I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy yeah. with a truck. Play, and, pay me fifty bucks and yeah. figured out how to do that. You know, again, it was all pieced together. So some of it we would just take. I'd taken pieces and then put it together in wherever they were having it. Mm. So there's little desks and, and different things like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I start, started doing that as well. Lisa again is working full time. In the meantime, we had uh, Faith. Uh, she was born in in uh, oh three. First daughter, first daughter. Yep. yep. So she was born in oh three, and again, I'm doing the furniture. I'm coaching, so I'm probably working, you know, sixty hours a week doing both. But I was enjoying it. Things were good. Um, you know, we weren't making a, a lot of money, but you know, we were making. We had our we had a house. We I think we bought our first house for uh, it was like fifty nine thousand dollars. We bought our house for, and mm. it was a little three bedroom. I think I've given you a bonus garage. check for more than that here <laughs> yes, yeah. recently, but you know that's yes. where you started, right? That's, that's where I started. Yep, yeah. yeah. And uh, one day I come to work at the furniture store, and the district manager had changed the locks. Hmm. He fired um, the manager, so we were actually all sitting. It was a Sunday afternoon. We were all sitting outside waiting because the doors were locked, and he walked in. He said, "You're fired." To the manager, and he said, you wow. can, "You're still." He <laughs> <it> was crazy. <laughs> so he had done a couple of things that, that he didn't agree with. So he said, "You're still working." I hope, and t- pointed to me, and so he brought me in. So shortly after that, he made me the manager of the store. So you know it worked out, and so now I'm making thirty thousand dollars a year plus yeah. my. Now it's starting to get good. You know, now I'm starting to make good money. So what are you thinking at this point? Like, hey, I'm just going to coach. I'm going to do this furniture yes. thing. Life is good. This yep. is kind of the. The path that we're going to be on. Yeah. Are, are you that's, seeing more? That's kind of what you're thinking. That's what I kind of was thinking. Like, you know, I can still coach and, you know, everything's good right now. And, you know, I still, you know, thought, okay, maybe a high school will open up and I could be the high school coach at a local high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't know, just kind of taking it day by day, but I was enjoying what I was doing. I mean, everything was good. Um, and then a new district manager was hired at O'Sullivan. Okay. And, so I thought, okay, now I was, I was just, I don't know why, you know, just worried, new new management coming in. And uh, but he liked me, and um, so we headed off. So I think he was the district manager for about a year. We were doing well, but we knew the company, which was based out of Lamar, Missouri, was not doing very well. Yeah. But we never really thought about it because we were making a lot of money for, you know, we were doing 200000 a year for this little store, which we thought was a lot of money. And um, so I was making 30000 a year as the manager, and I remember the new district manager said, we are going to give you a raise because um, you're doing so well. So instead of making 30000 I'm going to pay you 34000 And so I had had a couple, I had a couple buddies that I had hired and, you know, things were going well. 12% increase, right? Yeah. 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 So I thought this was great. And about two weeks later, after he gave me that raise, they had someone from the corporate office come down and said, we're closing. Wow. So... And I just, I mean, I just remember thinking, what in the world? How is this happening? Why did I get a raise? And then they're closing two weeks later. <clears throat> so then it was a going out of business sale. And of course, I'm still coaching, but I'm making $4,500 a year in coaching. And uh, Lisa at the time was, she was pregnant with our twins, uh, Hallie and Cassie. Wow. And so it was in the fall of that year of uh, of 05 
when when that happened. And I just remember thinking, man, what am I going to do? You know, I, I had no idea. Lisa and I prayed about it. We didn't know what we were going to do. I went and interviewed with about six other furniture companies in Springfield. Went, you know, put applications. Right. In. Nobody wanted to hire me because I coached. Oh, okay. practices were the evenings. Games were in the evenings. Games were on the weekends. We traveled quite a bit. So they're like, sorry, you got to work Saturdays if you want to work here. And I thought, well, I, can't, I don't want to quit coaching just to do that. So during our going out of business sale, um, someone walked in, Sarah Everett walked in. Okay. And said, you need to talk to Jason Everett, my husband, about working for Liberty, for Globe. Yeah. And yeah. I said, I, I remember when she told me that, I thought, no way do I want to sell insurance. I didn't, I mean, I. And did you know Jason and Sarah? I, prior I knew to Jason. This? I didn't really know Sarah that well, but I knew Jason. Jason and I sat in back of diff some different classes at BBC. Okay. So all I knew was he was hilarious and he was rich. Okay. So he, you know, he had come from telemarketing background with MCI and then he had left to go to the insurance. So yeah. I knew, I knew he was successful. I knew he had money. I didn't know really much about him, but that's all I knew. And I thought, you know, and I talked to Lisa about it. We, we prayed about it. And I thought, I just don't want to sell insurance. Why didn't you want to? The stigma? Or the, the stigma. Yeah. yeah. I think the stigma, the selling individually, it was also overwhelming. I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. I, I really didn't think that I could, I could sell and, and just not knowing really anything about insurance. I mean, I didn't know anything about insurance. So, um, and I thought, you know, if I did insurance, I don't know if I'd be able to really coach as well. So because of the hours, because the, the hours, time. and yeah. it, I didn't really know much about it. Um, so I called Jason and he said he was in, uh, he was out of town with his family or whatever, but he said, just go interview. You know, if you're not interested, that's fine. So I remember going interviewing with a, with a gentleman in the office and sat down and we talked about it. He said the average first year income is $56,000. So that was an a lot more than what you're used yes, to. Yes. Yes. And I seriously did not think I could do it, did not know if I could do it. But I thought, if I stink at this job, I can work hard enough to be average. And if I'm average, that's almost double what I'm making right now. And I can work my own hours. So if I want to coach, I can still coach. Did you have any confidence just in the fact that like you had done sales before and you didn't think you could do sales? And then you learned that's, that you could do it. So was any of that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought, well, I can, I can develop relationships with people pretty quickly. I can, yeah. you know, just at least... Once I learn it, at least I can communicate with people one on one because I've right. been doing that with uh, with sales, you know, with with furniture sales, people walking in the door and all that. So, if Jason uh, can do it, then yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and it's funny because you know we 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 had Jason on the show and and he said that you know he hired you and that's kind of you know one of the feathers in his cap. But you <laughs> tell the story how Jason didn't want to hire yeah, you, yeah. right? So his wife is more his wife. Than yeah, him. and I found out a few months into the into working with with globe was um we were on a way I, I had won a little contest and the four of us were driving down to hot springs arkansas for some little contest and and i found out jason didn't think i would make it he didn't want to hire me uh, at the beginning because he wow. didn't think i'd make it he thought i was just wasn't gonna wasn't gonna fit so hmm. you never know yeah you never <laughs> you never know so um it, it just it's interesting because like this time it seems like you had a pretty rapid change like so you're at this moment where what's going to happen in life yeah where uh, you're you have one child you got twins on the way you just got laid off you got bills i'm sure yes you know yeah. you got a, 
a home, you got cars, you got, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, how did it, how did it feel? You just kind of go from that moment of, I don't know if despair is the right word, but it was close pa- panic or, yeah, you it know, was. then yeah. to like, was it just that motivated you to give Liberty a try, uh, you know, and like, let's just see because Jason's doing it and you're, you know, or how, how did that kind of transformation happen? Yeah, I, I think it, there was panic. There was definitely panic. There was definitely, I mean, Lisa and I prayed about it, you know, just what, what would we have? And, you know, we thought, well, I could go try to be the assistant athletic director again and all that. Um, there was just a few things there that just, we just didn't feel like that would be the, the case, but yeah, I guess it was just, there's nothing else. That's, that's really mm-hmm. what it was. Cause I wanted to continue coach. So there was really nothing else. So I thought, okay, I can give this a try. Um, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Although I didn't really go into it that way. I, I really went in cause I had a truck and I sold my truck and got a Camry cause I thought I'm going to go well, all in on this, you know, and, and really, you that know, was your delivery truck. It, yeah, it was yeah. my delivery truck. Yeah. yeah, it was a nice Dodge Ram truck, and it looked good. I got compliments on it a lot of places I went. I bought it from my dad, so I, I, it wasn't a, an expensive truck, yeah. but it looked good. But, uh, yeah, so it was just, you know, there was just no other, really no other options, really. So that's why I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to try this. and But, again, I didn't do it as a, I'm going to have a plan B. So, I, I traded my truck in, and I thought, okay, I'm going to go in on this. Go all in. Yep. Go, go how, in. how important was it to go into it, even though it wasn't what you were looking for, but to go in it with no plan B, like, I'm going to have to make this work? Well, and again, yeah, that, that's – I really think that was a huge difference. But again, I thought average. If I can just be average, yeah. and I'm making $56,000, we are doubling our income. Lisa does not have to work. I mean, that's what we were planning on doing. We'll at least staying yeah. at home and and not working, you know, and and taking and raising the kids. Um, so that's that's why we really thought, okay, that's you know, if we do this, and and I just work hard enough to be average. I can put the hours in en- enough to be average, and um, and then again, I was still coaching. So yeah. yeah. So when you first started, pretty much just success right out of the gate. You know, just making tons of you on the company. You know, yep. magazine cover. Yeah. You know, your your first year or anything. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm it, sure it, there was some challenge. It was a lot of challenges. Yeah. The first year was hard, but you know, Jason was able to help train me. There was a couple of guys in the office that helped train me. But so, what were some of those challenges in that first year, just coming into? Just because people not, see who you are, but yeah. they don't know this. I didn't know anything. You. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I just remember not knowing anything. I remember selling a product for four months and didn't really know, <laughs> you know, a, how the product really worked. I mean, I just remembered. You, you remember know, the following, script. Remember the yeah. script and yeah. remember how to how to present it, and you know. Closing it. I mean, there, I remember, you know, different techniques doing that. A lot of it, I just kind of learned myself on, on, you know, how to close and how to be assumptive. And, but again, it just all goes back to, I don't care who you are. It's just building that rapport with whoever you're sitting in front of. You know, you, you look at it as you step back and you look at, okay, this is huge. This is overwhelming. But if you take it one person at a time, one client as a time, and you're developing that relationship with that person, then it's, you know, you're just, it, it comes a lot easier. Yeah. You know, you can break it down and where it's just, okay, I'm just going to see. But three, it took you time to take, figure that out. It did. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Well, what was that journey like? I mean, when you first started was, you know, your first week in the field, you know, was it? Oh, there was, there's so many stories. I mean, I was with Jason Everett out there. So yeah. it was crazy, but, um, you know, I was setting up some appointments and he was going with me and he was presenting and, and learned a lot. We laughed a lot. We, um, you know, there's just, like I said, there's some crazy stories that, that you, I could tell you, but, um, 
but I just What's learned. One of okay. the things that sticks out with you from that time, how how easy he made it seem. Okay, how easy that he was able to build build rapport with someone, and I thought, okay, I can do that. You know, I I could build rapport. I may not be as as uh, witty as him, but I can I can try to emulate that. Obviously, you've got to be yourself. I think that's one of the most important things. But um, just how easy he made it seem. Did you have um, Did you have fear about the? I mean, about the job, about the opportunity, about anything you're going through. Yeah, or, I, I, I did. I, I remember a couple months in um, going to Jason and saying, "I really don't think this is for me." I had had some cancels. There were just a couple of bad weeks. And I really thought, okay, I don't know if I can do this, you know, because this is just so much, you know, it's commission. So yeah. it's just so much, uh, just so much unknown. And yeah, you have a couple of good weeks, but if you have that bad week or two, and I thought, man, we've got twin babies at home. It's just stressful. Um, but what I would you have done if you, if you said, hey, I can't do this and you left? What do you think you would have done? I really don't know. I probably would have pursued coaching more. I yeah. probably would have tried to find a high school to, uh, you know, apply for, probably become assistant in high school somewhere and then try to develop, uh, build up that way. Because um, I remember that was in the summer after, um, you know, the first year I started. So I, I started in February. Um, in, into February is when I started with, with that. But I remember summer, I went to him and said, Jason, I just don't know if I can continue to do this. I'd had a couple of things that had happened. And I remember him pulling out a bonus check out of his wallet that he had just got. Hadn't cashed it yet? He hadn't cashed it, no. Didn't have to. And it was $5,000 bonus check. And he goes, yeah, sometimes this job stinks. And he pulled out that bonus check and showed me that. And I remember thinking, my word, you know, that was a sixth of what I made, yeah. you know, coming in for the year. And he showed me that bonus check and I thought, Okay. It's just a Maybe check in his wallet. He hasn't even cashed yet, exactly. right? Yeah. Leftover money. Yep. <laughs> and I remember just thinking, good, is that just a bonus check? You know, that's not even all the stuff he's getting right now. And I thought, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to rethink this and think bigger. You know, yeah. maybe I th need to think, okay, if I can continue to do it. I, I also figured out too, our office was one of the top offices in the in the nation. And they did this contest oh, a couple of months in, and I ended up winning the contest. Okay. And I, and I didn't know much about it at all. And then I figured out our office is one of the top offices in the nation. I'm being in the contest for our office. I'm one of the top in the nation. Yeah. So I, I figured up, I, I started climbing the leaderboards pretty quickly on that. So I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I can, I can have some success in this, you know, pretty quickly. So, so. how, how soon after that moment of, I don't think I can do this did it take for you to start all of a sudden like, wait a minute, I'm actually really good at this? I'd say a few weeks. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It's crazy. And I mean, that close to to saying, okay, I'm just going to walk away from this. Like 14 you know? days or less. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, probably. Yeah. You ever thought about what your life would be like today if you would have made that decision to to hang it up? And I, I really haven't. I, I really don't think about that a lot, but I know it'd be a whole lot different. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you, you start, so you stick it out, right? Um, was it just that, just seeing that bonus check and seeing that opportunity and then kind of, did you have in your, I guess like inside of you, like an idea of the lifestyle that you wanted to have and, you know, or, or like, 
that you knew that you could be successful if you just stuck? I mean, was there something else driving you? I mean, I saw Jason and it's all how, you know, how, again, I I thought they were rich, you know? I I mean, I knew they did well. And then there are, of course, people in our office that drove drove nice cars and, you know, different things. I thought, well, you know, and it wasn't really anything of being, okay, I want to be the top in the company for years, but I want to have a good income and, and provide for my family. So my, so Lisa does not have to work. So my kids don't have to be raised the way I was. I mean, which was, um, you know, we didn't have, we didn't get Jordans. I I wore Jordash jeans, you know, from Kmart, you know? So that's, you know, one of those things where it's just, you know, I I wanted to, it wasn't really necessarily about trying to be wealthy, but it was just trying to make a better life. More comfortable life. Absolutely. Yeah. So when did you, you know, let's kind of go into your career here now. When did you, you started to notice that you're like, you're the top of the office Mm -hmm. and then the office is top in the company. Yeah. When did you think that maybe you could write a million dollars in a year? How did that happen? Um, you know, I, I had been, been number one for several years in a row. And I remember people always asking, you know, do you, you, when are you going to hit that million? When are you going to hit that million? I think my first year I did 600,000, somewhere in there. Which is still, you know, at the time, you know, what, what year was that? Would you um, 14? Yeah. 13? 13. 13. Yeah, Which 13. is still, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Right. So I think the most was like two or 300,000, you know, and that was, and right. then you're 600,000. Yeah. It's like, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. And then, so I, you know, every year and then, you know, with Liberty, you're going back to the same people every mm-hmm. year. So, you take care of those people that's going to build. So, and then of course, just closing new cases as well. So, but I remember Roger Rich, then so many people were like, you going to write a million? I really didn't think it was possible until I think the year before I'd wrote 880,000 or 870,000, something like that. And I thought, okay, you know, that's just a couple thousand more a week is really all that is. And, uh, you know, just remember going for it that, that first year that I ended up hitting it and, you know, and then, did you plan it out? It's like you said, it's a couple thousand more. Did you figure out like down to a, a small number, like what do well, you need to do daily or weekly or? I, I, I took it weekly. Okay. You know, 20,000 a week issue. Okay. You know, you do that, you're a little over a million, you know, 20,000 yeah. times 50 yeah. weeks. And yeah. so you're a little over a million and plus a, a week or two to, to, uh, for cushion. So that's, that's kind of where I, I took it was just week by week. And did you figure out what you needed to do to get to the 20,000? Not really, because I, I mean, I already had my cases that I was continuing to do and okay. already had that production. And and I guess my my thinking was, okay, let's just try to close a few cases a month, a couple cases more a month to kind of build that a little bit more. Yeah, so. right. How many, uh, how many miles did you drive that first year? I want to say I drove close to 60,000 miles wow. my first year. There was a couple of years On the there. Camry, right? Or the, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. And then I've had a lot of cars. So you go through cars <laughs> a lot, obviously, <laughs> uh, when you're driving that many miles. Um, but it's, you know, here lately, I don't drive that many miles, but you know, it's, what's not a lot of miles to you? 30, 25,000, 30, 25,000, 30,000 a year. Yeah. as a year. Yeah. Not that's a lot not, to you. Not, right? not yeah. as many. That's as, a lot of people do that in three years. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. If right. you're at home and commuting, you know, and, commuting to just your job in town, yeah. that's, yep. That's three years, right? 30,000. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. You, you, so you you felt like when you wrote that 800 that, okay, I can do the million. And then did you believe it like right out of the gate or was it still kind it of- It was still quick? something, yeah. Until I got to September, October. When that's I really, when it started to feel that's real. real. Yeah, when I really thought, okay, I can possibly hit this. And I also thought 
I'm going to hit this one time and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it again. Cause I really just, you know, that year I really went after it to, to get I, it. So. I think I remember that now when, when you wrote that million, didn't, I think Steve and I called you oh, and yeah. told you that you had a case that fell off or something. Oh yeah. That was real right cool. at the end. Real right? cool. That was yeah. had, <laughs> real mature. <laughs> <laughs> you had a fun with you, right? Yeah, you did. So, yeah. Um, how did, how did it feel to do that? Right. The, it was the, awesome. The first yeah. person to do I, it. I just remember being grateful. I was humbled about it. Just, you know, I, I was grateful to the Lord that he allowed me to do that. That, you know, the other thing is to be healthy enough to do it all year where you're sure. not sick for a week or two. You know, sure. there's so many times or a car accident. I mean, there's just so many things that can happen during that time or a case canceling. I were, mean, there, were there moments where like you probably didn't feel well and like didn't feel like doing it? Yeah. Or? Yeah. There was, yeah I remember there was a few times where. I'd be three hours out of town and wake up in the morning and just be like, okay, I've got to go, go to work. Like you before, don't want to go to work, but you're I don't forcing want to go, yourself. Yeah, yeah. How did you force yourself to work when you didn't want to work? Just faked it. Yeah. Just said, go. Yeah. Just do it anyway. Yeah, just do it anyway. It would, deal with it later, you know, maybe take, some, take a few Tylenol or ibuprofen or something, but just is that it. is that the difference between like motivation and dedication? Because I think motivation is very short-lived. Right, you're motivated. I want to write a million dollars, and yeah. then something happens, and the motivation goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have to be dedicated. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, how did that get you through those moments? I mean, I did, again just look at the bigger picture. You know, just thinking, okay, this is you know, just continue to do it and taking it day by day, week by week. Um, you know, in the the other thing when we talked about it is just being competitive, being competitive with with myself. Um, you know, just kind of putting that challenge out there. Okay, I'm going to try to do this one year, try, try to write a million, and and just trying to fall through and do that. And I remember working a lot of hours to do that, to, to be able to get it. What kind of hours did you put in, in that, in that first year? You're starting your day at what time you're ending your day at what time? I know you said you're not a morning person. I'm not a morning person. Do were you, when you're talking about when I was coaching too? So wait, were you coaching and you wrote a million dollars that year? No, I'm sorry. Okay. My first year though, back with the company back. You were I was coaching. Saying, yeah, I was coaching. Okay. Yeah. I was coaching my first couple of years. So it was maybe that was, was holding you back. I don't know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was coming home, eating dinner, and then going to practice from seven to nine. Wow. So getting home at and that was just wasn't a good. You know, I wasn't being a good dad. I wasn't being a good husband. You know, yeah. be, doing that. So I, I thought, okay, this is not working out. Plus, the money with Globe was a lot better than it was coaching. Sure. So found that out really quick, quickly. You know. So. Yeah, you'd make at Globe what you make in a year of coaching in a week. Yes. Yeah. Or or less even. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, um, so like, I guess like when, so now you're that, that million dollar year, you're putting in how many hours a week? What would you say? I'd say 45, 50. Okay. Yeah. I mean, not, not crazy amount. Right. You know, I, I think I, the thing, the difference with you is, is you only count the hours that you're working as working. You're, I don't, you're not counting the two hour drive to where you need to go as part of the 40 hours. Right. You're counting the 40 hours of me sitting down with someone. Right. So right. I think sometimes people, I mean, we talked this a little bit, is they're, they're counting the prep time or they're counting the time that they're thinking about getting ready to think about doing something, you know, yes. or driving somewhere. And that's all in the setup. You're looking at what is the actual time that I'm in an income generating activity. How important is that to just take some of those side things and not include that as part of the part of the body of work? Well, and I think a lot of people, it's very important. And I think, you know, it's not looking at it, okay, how many hours did I work in a day? You work until you're done. Yeah. You know, so, so many times I'll leave at seven in the morning and I'm home at eight, eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night. I remember telling, you know, texting Lisa, it was a 14 hour day today. You know, I do, a, I work with a lot of uh, people with third shift. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the evenings and nights and, you know, overnight or whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm, 
if I'm two hours out of town, I'm trying to work smart and seeing the day people and then hanging over for the night shift and, and, and getting the night people and getting to a hotel at 10 o'clock at night. Um, or if it's an ambulance crew waiting for them to come back and go back to the, to the place at 10 o'clock at night and then getting up the next morning and doing it again and, and trying to work, trying to be smart with my time to where when I'm going, I'm out of town three hours for two days that I'm trying to get five places. Get it all done. Get it all done. out there. So, and yeah. just, if, if you're away from your family, you're going to maximize your time. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's so important. It's just maximizing your time and working. And as longer I do this, the, the smarter I try to do this. And what's great now with the virtual is, you know, if I miss a person or two, I can call them. Now yeah. I don't have to go back two and a half hours just to see one, one or two people. So that, that has helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So in like in in those moments, then, because I, I think this time maximization is is really important. You know, you're you're going to go drive three hours away. You're going to spend the night. Are you still spending the night when you're going out? Yeah, working yeah, in the field. You know, yeah, once night, one once or two a week. Yeah, yeah, once once a week. Maybe once every couple of weeks. Um, and it depends too. You know, part of my enrollments. You know, maybe March, April, it's more towards Poplar Bluff, mm-hmm. where I'm saying the night a night or two a week, you know, for yeah. a few weeks until I get far. all that. Yeah, that's, that's far. Yeah. You know, but here lately, I haven't stayed the night out probably in three weeks. Okay. Be just because a lot of my cases are an hour and a half, two hours away. Well, I can get there and back and it's not that not that big of a deal, you know. But if you're going to stay, even if you're driving two hours away. Right. Does that, like, I got to maximize that time. Does that motivate you when you want to take? downtime when you want to just like let me just take a breather you know maybe take an hour and just chill out or something like let me go back to the hotel and just watch some tv or something right yeah that doesn't cross your mind no, that because is like i'm here i want to get exactly it yeah i'm out i'm out here i want to get as much done as i can so i can get home and you know get back to the family for dinner or you know or for evening with the family or whatever yeah. so that's 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 more of a you know that's a big motivator for me but yeah i mean you know just last week you know, there was several days where I was doing three and four different places in a day. You know, I was getting there at the first one at 9 a.m., leaving and going. And, and they're not huge cases. A lot of, you know, I, I have a lot of smaller cases, but, you know, they have eight employees. I can see those eight employees in an hour, an hour and a half. What's the average size of worksite account that you have? I would say probably around 12 employees. Okay, that's, I mean, I, I, I think this is so interesting because, again, from a lot of people outside looking in, they just see you as all your accolades and they see your face on the cover of the magazine, but it's, it's the lifestyle approach that you take to this business. At least that I feel, I want to get your opinion that puts you there. You write the average size policy that you're writing. Um, so there's like they're they're building uh, the the conference center downstairs where we are right now, and yeah. there's you know there's construction noises. I don't know if those are coming through on here, but it's kind of cool. Um, um, but uh, anyway, so like the average size um, a ca- a premium that you write audit policy is the same. It's company average, mm-hmm. right? The accounts that you have are company average there's it's not like you're going out and writing these huge premiums on these really large cases because you knew somebody who knew someone and then that's who you are you are just working a lot yeah and you are just living that lifestyle of when i'm there that's it i'm working right i mean is that is that what you feel embodies if you're to embody your success is that lifestyle approach that you take to the business yeah absolutely yeah it's just you know there's no cases too small, you know? So, you know, even if there's a small case, there could be three people there that doesn't have life insurance and one on their whole family, you know, you just yeah. never know. So, but, and then taking care of those, those cases as well. But yeah, that's, you know, just maximizing your time and, and 
making sure that you're taking care of those cases and and getting as many cases as you can too. So first couple of years, I was working harder mm-hmm. to get those cases. Now it's all about hanging on to those cases so that I can go back and see them year after year. Yeah. You're still putting time in though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So so that's good. I mean, it, it now at this stage in your career, you know, what what what's keeping you motivated? Because you're still just at such a high level. You know, you're you're elite performer. You're still writing over a million dollars, right? Um, what what's motivating you now? A lot of it was competitiveness, you know, uh, there for a while, you know, just, uh, you know, being able to write a million a year. That's still a goal of mine this year is to write a million dollars a year this year. Um, But the Lord's blessed me with health and energy and, you know, what else am I going to do? I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. You know, that's, I'm not going to do that. So I'm just, I'm just going to still, I still want to provide for I, my I don't family. see you still, sitting like on a Sunday afternoon, just doing a puzzle, yeah, you know, I, sitting in I, your rocker there. That's not, that's not a you. No, thing. that's not, <laughs> that's not what I, what I want to do. So, but I mean, obviously I want to spend more time with, with my son as he's doing sports and with my daughters as they're cheering and, and be at their games. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a very important thing for me to be is at their games and not missing those things. And, and, you know, with, with insurance, I can schedule my, my time around that for the most part. I mean, there's times every once in a while you gotta you gotta miss, but that's that's motivation to me is is uh being there for my family and and uh you know, I, I work hard, but I also vacation hard. You know, yeah. we're we're trying to do vacations and and you uh, own a couple spend, properties now too, right? Yeah, we do. Yeah. 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 We own some uh some nightly rental houses down in Branson. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're interested, look me up and we can, okay. we yeah, can help you up. We're building we're give building me a, a discount few, on the uh yeah, on the rental rate, right? I know you don't need a discount. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> um, we're building a few more down there. And uh, so that's kind of where I'm looking at my, you know, part of my retirement is where I can have some nightly rental houses that are yeah. producing income and, you know, some of that secondary income. So. Sure. Sure. But obviously this, this job's allowed me to do that, you know. Well, or, and, uh, and you talk about the residual income aspect of this. Yes. You know, I think that's, you're doing, you're, you're very smart with that, where you're taking that money and you're investing it back in something mm-hmm. that you're just kind of exponentially multiplying it. Yep. And and when I started with this company, that was never, never even a thought that yeah. I would be able to do anything like that. that like, we how can I make our, 50 grand this year? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's how it was. And, you know, and then I realized, okay, I'm, I'm going to be pretty successful. And then I was, then the competitiveness came out and I thought, okay, I want to be top in the company, you know, yeah. not only in my office, but in my company. And then obviously everything comes out, uh, along with that. But, you know, as a new agent starting out, um, you know, it's overwhelming, you know, and I remember that and just making sure you, you are listening to your AD, your, your managers, and you're following those systems that they put in place because they work, they worked years ago when I started, they still work today. So you talked about this just a little bit, um, like the flexibility that you have, that if your kids have a, a an event or, you know, something you got to be involved in, in their school, you can kind of, you know, make sure that you can be there for that but you're also working 40 to 50 hours of actual work. And then I would say probably add another 10 or so hours of just like prep, commuting, drive time, mm-hmm. things like that. So how do you balance a strenuous work schedule? You know, probably, you know, time that you take care of yourself, you know, like in the gym or, you know, at, at church, obviously, and family yeah. time and that. And then time to be there for the events. How, how are you able to balance the whole thing? I, I guess 
part of it is I'll look at the the games first. Okay. Kind of work, you know, obviously Wednesday night, I'm, I'm going to be there for church Sundays as I'm, I'm at church all day. Um, so, you know, that's obviously priority number one yeah. is, is the Lord and, and my family. Um, and then, you know, just kind of working around there and then scheduling. And, you know, I, I really, <clears throat> I know there's a lot of people that schedule weeks out. I don't. Um, I usually the next week. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, this morning I set up an enrollment for next week. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm usually the next week, but just kind of, you know, trying to fill into my slots and it's, all that. It's interesting you say that because we were trying to schedule you this a couple of weeks out. And he said, oh, well, I got this. And it was so hard <laughs> to get you to come here and do this because you're taking uh, time away, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it's been tough. But well, and that was weird because I have, I've had two businesses re- recently that emailed me and said, we want to do it on this date. Oh, we want to yeah. do it on this date. And I'm like, all right. So then, you know, obviously I'm working around that right but which is that's more unique where they're wanting me to come in we want you to come in but that's so that's one of that was yesterday morning sure so. okay so just be proactive with it is is kind of what you're saying so if i'm if i'm a new agent in this company or if i'm doing anything i mean it doesn't have to be with globe life liberty national this could be working anywhere if you have uh you know a career that is time consuming your advice to them to keep that work-life balance is to be proactive with their scheduling or? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And just, you know, I've got calendar, I've got my notes. I'm, you know, I'm just always trying to just maximize my time as much as I can, you know, just trying to be as smart as I can. And again, the longer I've done this, the more I've really tried to do that and just be smart with my time. How important is that support system at home? It's, it's crucial, you know, without Lisa, I probably, there have been probably several times that I've quit, but she, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, she didn't ask how much AP did you write today? How much money did you make today? You know, it was just always encouraging. And, um, I think she saw the bigger picture too, that, Hey, you know, she knew I could be successful with this and, and, uh, just, just encouraging me and not nitpicking and all that. And it was probably hard for her at the beginning on, you know, this, the commission checks and all that coming in. But, but again, she knew, you know. We kept talking about the average first year agent. You know, that's all we gotta, all we gotta do. So we gotta put the time in, but we'll get there. Absolutely. And do you think that being intentional with your scheduling helps kind of recharge the home life as well, so that she can be supportive of you when you're clear on here's the times I'm working, here's the times I have this, yep, yep. and then kind of that back and forth communication. Yeah, that, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. We do. We do have a like a family calendar type things where we can put in, you know, schedules and, and different things. And now the, my older daughters are working and all that. So, you know, we try to still schedule vacations. We went to Glacier National Park here a few oh, weeks ago. Wow. And, That's cool. And uh, so, you know, we're always still trying to do that, but. Is that hard uh, for you? Like you're on a vacation, like you like, it is. you just sneak off and just like sell some insurance to somebody <laughs> while you're there. They were like, hey, come here and talk to you about something. Or, it you know, is. Right. You know, we, of course it was an hour earlier out there, but yeah. there was a couple mornings where I got up and, got in the car and went and make some phone calls, you sure. know, try to make a couple sales while I was out there. Yeah. But, you know, and obviously you're getting calls for, for claims and all that, but <clears throat> it's, that's where I've struggled, you know, is just getting away and taking the vacation. Yeah. And, you know, when you're up in Glacier National Park, there's no self, so, that cell phone helps. service. It does help. Yeah. There's no cell phone service. Maybe Lisa service plans uh, vacations on <laughs> yeah. places that don't have cell yeah. service. Yeah. That's that's part of the plan. Yeah. So there, that's, right? yeah, that's <laughs> part of it. But, um, but yeah, that's, but be intentional about that too. And, yeah. You know, making sure you can't go on a lot of vacations when you first start, you know, there's, you've got to put in the time to, to get it built up to where you can later down the road. So be able to do part that. of that dedication, right? Absolutely. Knowing that this can happen. Absolutely. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just kind of crazy journey. Like I just need to make $50,000 this year to now you own multiple vacation homes, mm-hmm. you know, you can go wherever you want, yep. um, but you're still 
focused. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, Lord's blessed. And just looking back on all the things that, you know, that we went through and that he just had a plan for us. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things, too, we try to— we try to give to our church. We try to give to missionaries. Yeah. We try to to help in, in other things like that and in all the ways. And it's just so awesome how the Lord has blessed us that we're able to do that and be a blessing to others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jason, I uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule, right, to yeah. uh, to be here. Um, it means a lot to uh, to us. I think it means a lot to the people that are listening to this and, you know, maybe kind of seeing you know, you're human. Yeah. Yep. You, you know, you, you have the emotions, you have the challenges that everyone has. And, um, it's just kind of that approach that you've taken that's helped you achieve to, uh, you know, the level of success that you have. Right. So okay. again, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Um, we, we have a, um, we have a tradition now on oh. the uh, level up lifestyle, okay. um, that for every guest, you get a bobblehead of yourself. Oh, really? Um, okay. yeah. That's so, exciting. um, uh, unfortunately, We've uh, run into some supply chain issues in the uh, in the being delayed of our of our bobbleheads um, here. So I, I would normally I would present it to you and did others get a bobblehead? Yeah, they have. Oh, um, okay. Just you haven't gotten yours yet. Um, <laughs> okay. So and and eventually I think what we want to do is you know we'll have like a kind of a table here with all the bobbleheads of all the guests that we've had, okay. which would be kind of neat to to see that. So um, I know the people that are watching. Um, we're gonna we're, right now we'll show you a screenshot of what. Jason's bobblehead looks like so. Okay. I guess the, the viewers are, are seeing it before you, but we'll uh, we'll send it over to you um, cool. so you have it. But um, if you were to go back in time, kind of you know with your bobblehead self here, um, back to when let's just say when you made that at that moment where the furniture store is closing, Lisa's pregnant with twins. You have a you have a child at home. You have no idea where life is going to take you in a kind of that moment where you're, you have all these feelings and emotions. What would you tell yourself back then based on what you know today? Um, I, just to trust the Lord, you know, that we, yeah. we did, but at the time that we still panicked and all that. So yeah. just knew the Lord had a plan for my life and for our lives and, and our family's lives. So, you know, that's what I think, um, you know, just, just trust in him and, and let it uh, take you where it takes you. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And just looking back, it's just amazing how all the things fell in place to, to set us up. Cause if that furniture store wouldn't have closed and you know, who knows, right. You know, there, I don't think there's any way I'd have been. I mean, it's, it's really the, the quite literal one door closing for yes. another to open. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's great. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this episode has inspired you on your path to success. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next story. See you soon on the Level Up Lifestyle Podcast.